thanks to Soltech Solutions for sponsoring this episode of On The Ledge. Without their help, I couldn't bring you all this planty chat. I love working with brands that I've tried out and I can truly recommend, and that's certainly the case with Soltech Solutions. I can tell you from personal experience that their lights are superior quality, sturdy, stylish and effective. Soltech Solutions' fabulous customer service means you won't be left in the dark when it comes to buying great grow lights. Choose from their range of track lights, pendant style lights, or a simple bulb that will screw into most standard light fittings for setup that takes just moments. Check out Soltech Solutions' range of lights now at soltechsolutions.com and get 15% off with the code on the ledge. That's soltechsolutions.com. Enter code on the ledge for 15% off. It's Friday, and that means just one thing. It's On The Ledge Podcast with your host, Jane Perone. And in this week's show, I visit the wonderful Harriet Thompson of Harriet's Plants, a UK houseplant nursery, to talk all things sustainability. And the big news this week is that I am doing a live podcast recording at the RHS Hampton Court Palace Garden Festival Flowers After Hours event, which is taking place on Friday the 8th of July, the evening thereof. That's the after hours bit. You can get into the Garden Festival from four o'clock. Flowers After Hours starts at 7.30 and I'm going to be on stage with a special guest at nine o'clock. I can't yet tell you who it is, but I can tell you it's going to be fun. And more good news, I'm running a prize draw for a pair of tickets to this event, so you can come and meet me in person. This is not going to be your normal garden festival event. You get to roam the showgrounds at Hampton Court Palace. There's lots of other expert talks and workshops. There's a silent disco even. So it's going to be a fun evening. I hope you can join me whether you get the prize draw tickets or not. I'm running that prize draw on my Instagram account and I'll pop a link in the show notes to that. Or you can just head on over to at j.l.perone to find that. You have till the end of the day on Friday, June the 24th, 2022 to enter. So So if you're in travelling distance of Hampton Court in the UK and you're free on the evening of Friday the 8th of July, well, you better enter. Thank you to Oog in the UK and Liv Rao in the US for leaving delightfully pleasant and supportive reviews uh, for the show. And thanks to Katie Sue, Brandon and Hannah, who've all become legends in the last couple of weeks, unlocking access to extra episodes, the archive of the first 50 episodes of the show and ad free versions, too. If you want to find out more about becoming a Patreon subscriber, check out the show notes. All the info is there. (laughs) 
been listening to On The Ledge for a while, you'll know that I'm passionate about trying to encourage us all to become more sustainable growers and collectors. And in past episodes, I've covered issues like peat and plastic and how we can get rid of them from the industry. So I was delighted to be able to head to Litchfield in Staffordshire to the glass houses of Harriet's Plants, a small scale grower of houseplants here in the UK. It was an absolute delight to chat to Harriet about some of these gnarly issues and get a guided tour of her growing plants. So join me now in the Harriet's Plants greenhouse for a good old chinwag about plants. Harriet, we are here. I'm here. I've made it to your greenhouse. We've had some coffee. We've got the pre-interview chat out of the way. A long chat. <laughs> a long chat. <laughs> and I'm, this has been a long planned um, visit to your lovely nursery. Was it pre-COVID? I don't even know. I can't even... Yeah, it's been a while it's anyway, a while. so I'm very glad to be here. And what I'm excited about talking to you about is how you came about to create this nursery because a lot of the ideals that I can see in your business are things that I've always tried to promote on the podcast so sustainability um, buying from people who know what they're doing yeah <laughs> so buying, let's <laughs> buying from growers is so important so I I started oh gosh now you're gonna give me I've got to have to think of dates now started this in 2018 I was studying at the Eden Project in Cornwall um, and I I was already heavily into houseplants anyway because I'd lived in Australia I was you know buying them there and having them in my home and realized what they were doing for me and then when I started studying when I came back to England I kind of just I kind of just got into buying and I, at that time I was buying them from Holland um, and then something triggered bearing in mind I come from quite a sustainable sustainability background I just saw everything that I didn't want to be a part of almost lots of things are great about about buying from Holland and that kind of thing but I just saw lots of plastic lots of peat um, and I because of Eden very much got into growing I was always really annoyed with my dad because he wasn't a farmer I always wanted to grow as a young girl <laughs> um, and yeah I just I got into growing I bought myself one of those tiny little polytunnels well it was really a, a plastic greenhouse to be honest with you started growing propagating from everything that I would bought in um, and then slowly but surely I just stopped buying in and was then propagating from the stuff that I had grown and then Eden Project kind of like showed me how to grow on a different in a different way um, and then the opportunity came for us to move back to where I'm from which is Staffordshire from Cornwall which I miss so much um, but and then I just I rented a greenhouse and it kind of started on a very small, I kind of took over half the half the greenhouse. I then did the whole greenhouse. I then doubled the greenhouse, um, and it's just gone from there. And it's, it, I love growing. So, and I think because I'm trying to do it in a more sustainable way, um, it just aligns better with me, um, and mm. then with the business as well. So, um, yeah. 
Well, the, just to explain for anyone who doesn't know what the EU oh, yes, project so is, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. it, uh, some people might not have heard of it. It's just a, a well, just it's a huge site in Cornwall that's got these big. I guess most iconic for those big glass biomes, domes, yeah, biomes, yeah. Um, where you can go and see lots of plants from around the world growing and lots of horticulturists train there, don't they? Totally. Um, lots of horticulturists do apprenticeships, volunteer there. Um, they know what they're talking about. <laughs> they're now doing degree um uh, degrees there. Um, yeah. I think they've only been doing them. In fact, I was the second year to do the degree there. Um, and they're great, yeah. I, yeah. If ever you're down in Cornwall, you should absolutely go and yes, visit. Yes, <laughs> I've been a couple of times, not for the last few years, but um, it's been. I remember going in the very, very early days yeah. and being like, it's not quite there yet, but this is going to oh, be it's amazing. It has changed a lot <laughs> since the beginning, especially that tropical biome. Yeah, oh, it's amazing. You walk in and um, the heat hits you, doesn't it? Yeah, well, so. maybe we'll have to do a trip down to the Eden Project for the podcast. Absolutely. Anyway, <laughs> back to you. Um, I, as I said, I love the ideals that you've you've really embedded in the mm-hmm. heart of your business here. Let's talk about Pete because this is an issue that's close to my heart as well. Yeah. A few years ago, so I started the podcast in 2017, and I think then the issue of Pete in houseplants was kind of for me like the elephant in the room, but nobody was talking about it. Was it almost a little bit unknown? It or? was unknown. I think don't think people really thought at all about Pete in in houseplant substrates. Um. I think in the UK we're much more educated now. For, but for, let's just run past for those who might not be up to speed on this. Why should we not be using peat in house oh, plants? Such a big question. <laughs> um, it's it's such a great substance, peat is in its natural environment. It's a carbon store. Um, it's great for wildlife. It um, is great for flood risks. It holds on to all this water, and when we extract it, it then dries up and therefore doesn't hold on to the water anymore. Um, when we extract it, it releases a lot of carbon into the atmosphere. Um, and it's just an all round, it, it's a great substance in its natural environment. When we extract it, it then turns into. An environmental nightmare basically <laughs> yeah. um, so that's why I choose not to use it in my personal life and also in the nursery um, because habitats are lost um, and it's just not something that I wholeheartedly agree with at all so and we've we've I think we've realized in the last few years that you don't need people don't need it at all don't <laughs> what do it. you use as your main substrate well do you, is it all is it the deep secret or what well, it's not a deep secret I do mix <laughs> definitely mix my own compost within the nursery so it depends mm. on what plant I'm growing as to mm. what I will mix into things I do you so it's um lots of wood wood chip broken down wood chip um there's no green waste in my compost at the moment but i would like to start making my own compost um but that is a different story um uh coir which i then soak in um, a natural organic feed which is made in the uk um so i don't have any base fertilizers in my compost at the moment um, and then I feed throughout the greenhouse. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's predominantly wood chip and coir. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm working all the time to change my compost mix and make them as environmentally as possible, as envir- environmentally friendly as possible. Yeah. Because I know there's a big issue with coir at the moment, and mm. I also don't want to be a part of that if it's not 
this small little industry that we are told it kind of is but it really isn't it's quite coir is quite a big industry as well isn't it so and i guess as we move away from peat we are going to have to think about yeah. that aren't we yeah. you know like well what's the alternative if we've got all these people switching from peat we need to make sure that the things we're using is stay totally and i think if we do anything on mass there is always a detrimental effect mm. for the planet anyway it's at the moment for me it's what's better yeah um and Coir is better for me at that yeah. present, mm-hmm. um, but that will change. Same mm-hmm. with the coir pots in my nursery. That will also. So I grow um, 100% plastic-free, uh, virgin plastic-free, and then I recycle from local greenhouses. Um, that will change at some stage because coir pots will turn into another issue. So we're just always learning, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, so. exactly. And I think you know that's the thing. People often get really bogged down in in worrying about these things. And so they do nothing rather than trying to do the best that they can at that time and keep learning totally and and reflecting and then changing practice as we understand more, which is I it's it can be hard work, but I think definitely we all need to do that work. and it really is hard work. But I think if we're all willing to make small changes, mm. um, it it changes the way bigger growers can grow as well because you know we've been talking already prior to this um, interview about supply and demand um you know if people if we put our foot down and say we don't want peat grown plants anymore house plants or regular or outdoor plants Mm. it creates that change for those growers to be able to follow suit almost um so so yeah and has the pandemic had a huge boost for your given a huge boost to your business in terms of people stepping over themselves to buy your plants yes and no I kind of started the year before um so I was never Mm. at the scale that I mean I'm not a huge nursery at all like I was never at a scale where I when you first start a business you know you you start it you start selling you never really make any money (laughs) um and then for the first couple of years anyway so the second year was the lockdown year um and yes, sales increased, but because everything has to go back into the business for me to be able to grow more plants for uh, more shops, because there's so many shops now around the UK that are wanting to make those changes and are wanting to buy peat-free because people want peat-free now. Um, so they're seeing their customer demand change. So they then want to shop with peat-free and also UK grown growers, sorry, UK growers. Um, so, yeah, yeah, there was totally an increase in, in mm. sales, so to speak, but it's kind of all gone back into me growing more and more so that I can yeah. just be able to supply more and more shops, really. So, um, and get more peat-free plants out there to people. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is good news. And it's great to see that businesses like yours are starting up because we have relied in the UK on uh, the Dutch producers for a long time which grow they grow so well they grow br- yeah. they're brilliant plants but actually let's support some uk growers i'm hoping do you know of more people doing what you're doing on with, this scale with in the uk with house plants or so i know i've been in contact with national trust for example and i know mm. that they had a grower at some stage yeah um but they have got back in contact with me recently so i'm not I, there You're are two, you've got out. your head down yeah, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just like got <laughs> well, to plant really, these seeds <laughs> I really hope that there are more people taking it up but that said I can understand that uh, this is 
I mean, I think people probably visualise you wafting around your greenhouse, yeah. like, you know, enjoying your plants. And yeah. actually, it's like, no, you're like dealing with packaging issues and career issues. Uh, I and do everything. Yeah, you are a woman of all tasks. Yeah, totally. I'll be, one day I'll be doing the gutters, the other day, you know, nothing's automated in this greenhouse. So uh, at the moment, I would love it to be, but these things take time, you know. So I water, I feed, I do the pest control, I sweep the floor, I do the gutters, you know. It's, I pack the boxes, I write the little gift notes, you know, it's all all me so it's it's quite difficult sometimes to keep on top of that but I hear you um yeah well that's running and a business kind I guess of... and I love it so uh, what, what kind of things are you are you selling what's your um favorite sort of or what's the things that people are buying in bulk so I've grown lots and lots of oxalis this year um I love them because you know they they're just stunning plants lots of them can be grown indoors and outdoors so they're very versatile um so they've been great great sellers um the caladiums also um are just kicking in now so i'm taking some to queue this afternoon um so they've they're starting to go but they just take a little bit of time caladiums are quite difficult to grow mm. so you kind of have to have like a base heat under them yeah um and you know in, at the moment, nothing is heated in this greenhouse, so um, bar the bar the cladium beds. Um, so yeah, lots of aroids. So monstera sells super super well. The original Swiss cheese plant, um, which everybody it's a staple plant. I feel like everybody should have one in their home. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and actually, um, chlorophytums, the spider plants, this year. I don't know whether it's because they're great for air quality, um, but they've come back a little bit I think a couple of years ago hardly sold any oh, that's um, interesting that's really interesting I just uh, original houseplants for me if I could grow just original houseplants like the cheese plants the spider plants even Hoyas if I could grow well, a let's whole get me started on the Hoyas oh yes <laughs> <laughs> oh well I mean I think I think there's there's certain qualities that those houseplants have that are just so valuable and one of them is propagation and I'm sure that you would say to listeners you know get into propagation totally absolutely the most environmentally friendly way to grow for a consumer is to propagate from the plants that either your friends have or you have um it's just it's it's free it's cheap it's alert it's an education um it's just phenomenal um and it's doing it without having to then purchase i mean saying that i am a house plant shop but it's doing it without having <laughs> to purchase another plant this is an interesting tension for you isn't it because yes. i think your message is kind of like don't buy too don't many buy too plants much. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time you're producing plants i mean but i totally understand that message and it's one that i absolutely love and I don't think it's going to stop people buying from you, quite frankly. No, but I, I just, I, overconsumption for me is a huge issue across the board of any topics we have in society. Um, I am an underconsumer as a person, as an individual, um, but I obviously sell as part of my business. Um, but I feel like if we can hone in on the plants that we already have, 
we can propagate and gift to friends um, we can also don't get me wrong we can buy house plants definitely um, and we should because um, they're great for us but we should just focus in on what we have and look after them well rather than this throwaway issue where you know if something isn't doing too well rather than try and either fix the problem or um, try and propagate a bit from the plant that is not doing very well and make a new plant and then maybe get rid of the older not very well plant um, it's just yeah it's, it's an issue it is an issue it's a really and I get so annoyed by the whole you can't have too many plants you can have too many you plants you can totally <laughs> have too many plants I mean probably both of us on in different ways are butting up against that issue on a daily basis totally um <laughs> well my house for example um i probably have five cacti and three plants three um leafy plants um and that's all i have i mean i grow them so i have the beauty of growing them in and around me all the time so maybe that's where i get my kick from growing plants but you know, I, d- I don't. I don't have the space, firstly, for and like I need my kitchen work surfaces. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen a few people like who like your whole kitchen is covered in plants. I don't know how that like that. It gets to a point where sometimes I think it can be a little bit dysfunctional. But definitely. And I mean, no shade on those people because no, we've all been there. We've all been there of that thing of like, oh my gosh, I've walked into the supermarket and there's this plant, and I think I must have it. It but must be absolutely mine because they look so great. Yeah. But then, unfortunately, all of the majority majority of the plants then are having a detrimental effect on the environment when they're grown because of the use of peat so for me i would rather have a a fewer peat free plants and look after them really well than just go into somewhere and buy a plant because it looks great but then Mm. potentially take it home and just not realize how things are grown and i know do you know know what i mean and i it's interesting with the oxalis and the caladiums both of those I think are great plants because you can kind of they can kind of accept the fact that you're not going to be necessarily um, growing them all the time. So if your oxalis goes really badly wrong, you've still got, you've still got those rhizomes. It all dies off, totally. and it often does just go dormant. Um, and the same yes, with the palladium. Well, well, if anyone's got an oxalis, if it does die back, don't throw it yeah, away. Yeah, people throw these <laughs> things away. Yeah. Same, same. And and quite often, I just deliberately let mine die because I'm like, I can't cope with this at the minute and I know it's going to come back. And that's fine. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I love those kind of plants and I think they're so underrated. <laughs> so that's kind of what I like to specialise in is like easy care. Or they're easy care for me, but that just... I, I want to like educate people on these plants so that people can hold on to them for as long as possible mm. rather than yeah being part of the throw away um, just throw your plants away if they're yeah. not doing too well kind of and that, I mean Hoyas again gr- gr- I mean there are some tr- really tricky Hoyas but a lot of the, the popular Hoyas are just so easy yeah. and I guess once you've got one, like once you've got a Hoya Carnosa, like you're probably going to have it for the next few decades. Hopefully, Absolutely. it's going to be with you until you are no longer here. Um, it probably and will you can pass them on. And you can pass them on, and people do. I mean, people, you know, I know people have got Hoyas are like, oh, this was Grandma's Hoya. You know, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, they're huge. I yeah, love that. that. Yeah. Um, but I think also, you know, that's another aspect of the not going crazy buying because 
particularly I see this with Hoya enthusiasts, and I, I again, no shade, because I'm guilty of this too. <laughs> you buy that little two leaf cutting, mm -hmm. uh, and you buy 12 more two leaf cuttings, and you don't realize that they're all going to turn into beasts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, have yeah. you got room for like oh, I've done that, 50 definitely. beasts? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're like, someone take some of this plant away from me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It is, I mean, this is the thing that we're, we're sort of navigating as human beings and, you know, as people involved in the houseplant world. And it's never straightforward, but I think it's good to hear this counterbalance to the kind of, dare I say it, kind of consumer ultra capitalist message of keep keep buying keep buying keep yeah. buying more because you need that hit of and what we yeah we don't need to what we need to be doing is buying better yeah um, and that that buying better little phrase is so important to me if we mm. can if if we can buy two peat free plants rather than 10 peat grown plants that like I've done mm. my job almost then, yeah. you know, yeah. so yeah um, it's just changing people's narratives and messages and I don't I, I, like I said, I don't know whether there's any other peat-free growers of houseplants currently within the UK. There will be at some stage. Mm. Um, but just, we can all be doing something to be beneficial, more beneficial to the environment than we are doing now. And I, I'm included in that. Yeah, you know. agreed. Well, should we go and have a wander? Please Let's do go and look Let's at some it. plants. Let's this is what we're here it. for. I'm going to grab these recorders and let's go and look. I mean, I'm looking at all your lovely koi pots here. I know, um, they are does that, when you're using those, does that affect your um, cultural requirements in terms of um, how you're watering the plant? Presumably, they're much more so because porous. they're porous. Yeah, so yeah. because they're porous. Um, I do have to water slightly different differently, mm -hmm. um, but that's all water management for me, and that's the same with. I, I know a lot of people that um, have switched from peat to peat free have said, mm -hmm. you know, peat free doesn't hold on to the moisture as much um, mm -hmm. as peat grown, which it won't because, you know, peat grown plants. That's a, uh, peat. Sorry, that's the whole purpose of peat is to hold on to um, moisture. Um, so you just have to manage your watering different, differently um, and once you've done it that then becomes the norm of the way that you water um, mm -hmm. so I do a lot of bottom watering not in here yep. but for my personal plants mm -hmm. um, so yeah so the koi pot sorry I've gone off on tangent don't worry tangent away <laughs> tangent away um, so yeah the koi pots are porous um, so I just water again either water from below so that mm -hmm. the plant can soak it all up from beneath so you can kind of water into your cash pot outer pot um, let them soak for 30 45 minutes and then just take them out and drain away mm -hmm. the old water um, which is great it's easy you just yeah it, it's super easy to do then um, but yeah it is a bit different but then you know uh, plastic pots have holes in the bottom so yeah 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 of water um, the lovely oxalis. Have you ever eaten this? Have no, you ever tried I eating it? Oh, it tastes no. great. Should we try it now? Should Let's we? try it. Let's do it. I'm going to find a. It tastes of like lemon sherbet. Oh, I know I can eat this because. Oh, gosh. Why have I never done that? It's like your, your, your eyes are slightly lunch, like. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> but it's so good. And yes. every oxalis has a different, they're all edible, they've all got a different flavour. Yeah, um, am I right in saying that you're not supposed to eat too many of them though? You don't want to eat too many 
they've got oxalic acid, so like rhubarb yeah, yeah. and things. I yeah. mean, lots of things That's have got oxalic like rhubarb, acid. Um, you'd have to eat pounds, I think, to cause a major problem. But I think, you know, as I always say, check with your doctor. <laughs> Um, <laughs> first uh, and like if you've got gout or something I think you have to be particularly careful but I think mm. you'd, if you're using it like in, in the way you probably would as a garnish yeah, in a salad it's or not yeah. really a problem but yeah so yeah so we've got the caladium, caladium beds here sorry um, they're all growing they're heated from underneath so I've made all the um, heat beds in here um, they're super super great in terms of i'm then only heating an area small mm. area rather than the whole greenhouse so how do you cope in the winter then does it your plants are okay they're, they're presumably they're quite so, adapted to absolutely so that's a great with them being uk grown they kind of have to be a little hardier mm. um, and i don't mm. heat the whole greenhouse because i, mm. well, I financially can't do that um, yeah it's a lot yeah. of money um i would eventually like to be a hundred percent solar panelled uh, mm -hmm. solar panelled solar powered sorry um, but that will come yeah. with time um, so so yeah um, because the majority of these come from Florida Caladiums do so um, yeah it's, it's a great way to buy them in the UK yeah UK, so. yeah we've got coffee beans coming up over here oh wow I've had a bit of an error though this is me being truthful <laughs> um, I didn't nick the seeds Oh, so I'm okay, so you've got problem. the seeds coating sitting on the top. Yes, I'm going to have to go around and do a bit of oh, chopping, I think. Okay, but, um, great plant though. Yeah, definitely, and that's all part and parcel of learning to grow. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I love growing houseplants from seed. Mm. I encourage you every year on the podcast because I think you learn so much along the way, don't definitely. you? You really learn well, about you your can, plant. If you can grow them from seed and keep them as a baby plant, generally speaking, you'll be able to keep as exactly an as well, exactly so. and it will adapt to your conditions Absolutely. too like it won't be used to some other sort of you know nirvana before yeah, it yeah, arrives at your place well that, that's definitely a thing i think you know we think that this plant could go for example an asparagus fern we are all told bathroom bright mm. and direct partially shaded um, and you know keep them moist but actually in some other people's houses that doesn't suit them because they either have a colder bathroom or yeah, so I, I, I don't really like general advice um, it's hard to give advice that fits every scenario yeah, isn't absolutely, it definitely. it really is After you. right so, we're gonna so heading outside and around the corner so that's the seed side um, and we'll just go into um, we'll just go into the mother side now which is where all the slightly larger stock is but I don't keep anything too big in here because mm. because I'm a working nursery I'm always it's always growing and then it's gone so. yeah yeah <laughs> You actually haven't been in here yet. No, this is this is this is awesome. I will love coming so, into greenhouses. It's surprisingly empty though at the moment because okay. um, I'm trying to get rid of lots of um, stock to new stockists, and then I will be regrowing as of mm, next week. Mm, so okay. <laughs> Well, it looks pretty full to me, yeah. <laughs> but I can imagine it gets even more packed. Yeah, so we usually have a higher level and a lower level. So, um, so yeah, let's have a walk around. Um, Strelitzia's here, bird of paradise. Um, great plant, orange flowering, really easy to care for. Um, I think in America you could probably grow these outside, mm. um, depending on yeah. the zones. Yeah. Uh, Ripsalis. So the, presumably these are all plants that you've propagated from your own mother plants. Yep. So this is another. So um, 
when I first started, I bought in lots of bigger plants yeah. with this in mind, mm-hmm. um, and I've just kept them ever since. And they are now they work <laughs> they work for me. They work for you. <laughs> oh, that! I mean, I think that is a. I just I just love propagation. I just can't get enough of it. It's no, just. It's- it's so fun so it's so yeah it's the best thing in the world and I I always sort of I'm surprised when people say oh my plants reach the top of its moss pole what am I going to do and I think to myself that's the fun part for me like start hacking it back and also I think people are a little bit worried sometimes um with so for example if you've got an outdoor space Mm. naturally at certain times of the year we prune our plants mm-hmm. indoors people get a bit worried about pruning yeah. um, but it is exactly the same you know plants mm-hmm. do you know if you want a, a specific shaped indoor plant you can absolutely achieve that mm-hmm. it's just all about and give them a, give your cuttings away to friends they make yeah. great presents exactly exactly um, i hope nobody leaves my house without some kind of plant yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> how many have you got do you know oh i don't know oh, i don't gosh, really count but um yeah i've got i'm always propagating because um i've just I just love it so much. So there's always stuff to give have. away, and I just I, I I I have a you know I have had people say, oh you know, can I buy this plant off you? And so I just raise money for my local hedgehog rescue, which is normally. incredible. And it's just like well, I, if I start bringing money into it, it for me it just as a as an individual, I'm like yeah, I don't, don't want this to be a money thing. Totally. But that said. I would encourage anyone who is into houseplants and wants to set up their own nursery like you have to do it to make it a business because it's your kind of business that people should be supporting. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I think it's important to, you know, if you've got one of those dreams, go for it. Yeah, definitely. If you love propagating. Yeah, yeah. if you love propagating, get a nursery. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is all... With that being said, it is very, it's a lot of work. Um, oh my you know, gosh. You don't come into this thinking it's going to be easy because it really won't be. But um, So what kind of temperatures does this get down to in the winter? What might you be... Um, so in the winter, this, I mean, it will get down to freezing if I yeah. was to allow it. But on those, it, I don't like get, letting it go below six degrees, mm-hmm. basically. So um, this heater right here behind me yeah. was on diesel. Um obviously is highly unsustainable diesel is um mm. so this is getting converted over to um vegetable oil oh, okay. at some stage um which is a clean burning fuel so yeah. um fingers crossed um yeah. but i also won't be in this nursery forever so i will mm. have to at some set in in oh god i've said that wrong uh, <laughs> we'll have to at some stage move out of here and go into you know a larger space yeah. where where things are just a little bit more you know, at the moment, I've got all the shade netting above me that I've put up and I take down every year and it's a nightmare. <laughs> so one day we'll go and have electric shade netting. Oh, wow. I told you how much yes. I love that. <laughs> shade netting, that would be, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. You've um, got all the chlorophytums here. Yes. So Going crazy. And again, I keep the mothers and they all, they grow babies for me and then I propagate from them and... Um, they go into coir pots and peat-free compost, and same with the the larger monsteras over that side as well. And then, but then, so I was when I first started, I was eighty percent bought in, twenty percent cuttings from mm-hmm. from from the mothers. Um, it then went the following year to eighty percent cuttings, twenty percent bought in, and then the past two years now has I haven't bought in now for a year and a half. So that's incredible. Um, 
yeah, it's something that I never thought, I don't think I ever thought I would do until I did it. And then <laughs> I've done it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's huge for me. So I, I love that I can grow peat-free plants for not only for the end customer, but also for the shops that want to change as mm, well mm. Uh, or make a difference, you know. So a change doesn't happen overnight. You know, these big nurseries in Holland, they, they can't go peat-free overnight. It's not, I would like them to go peat-free overnight, mm. but, you know, it, it, they, they've got systems in place that mm-hmm. work with the way that they grow now. But it will happen because yep. it just would like I'd like it to happen now. Change is coming. <laughs> Change is definitely coming. Change is definitely <laughs> well, that coming. that's really good to hear. I mean, what are the uh, the difficult parts of this business for you? Is it just that it, there's just so much to do and so much demand that you're struggling to supply? Struggling to supply. I think I would like to be able to grow more species. I'd like to of what I've already got I'd like to I'd just like to grow more always and I think my problem is you know I have a re- a good month in terms of lo- like the, my trade customers but then because I am so small at the moment I then can't grow enough in time for the next month's trade so it's just mm. having these big nurseries have like a nursery for the following year for example whereas I don't have that at- and then you've got to add on to that like doing a newsletter oh, doing totally. social media yeah, I mean the, the world is going you know there's just so many different demands I can imagine well I got a um, you know when you get a screen report um, mm-hmm. and I got a screen report the other day it says you're 15 hours down on Instagram this week I was like <laughs> how do I spend 15 hours on Instagram <laughs> I know it's, it but is that's part and parcel of the job so yeah exactly um, I spy Hoyers I'm going to yes, go let's go to the do. Hoyers let's go and um <laughs> Check these out. So these are all these Hoya Linearis are getting propagated down because they got sun scorched, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Um, and that I just didn't get the shade netting up in time. Um, but that's fine. Um, you win some, you lose some. That's They'll the be okay. Yeah, yeah, They're absolutely. toughies. They but, will be okay. But that's a lesson in itself. You know, yeah. if your houseplant isn't looking too great, let's not throw it away straight away, and let's try and figure out the yeah. problem. Yeah. Um, so I've got these lovely fish tails here. Oh yeah, one of my faves. Coming. I love them so, so much. So nice. But they're actually quite hard to find. So um, yeah. Or they were. I don't know what they. I think they're becoming more more popular. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hoya but um, yeah, they are. I find them quite di- between the two, between the Polynura and the Linearis. Yeah. I find this is much more thirsty than yes. this. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It really like I mean, I'm very mean with water, so I'm always struggling to like, <laughs> oh, that needs more water than I thought it did. So, yeah. but I find with those, that Hoya Polynura that it really is quite a thirsty plant. Do you soak yours from the bottom or do you? Uh, depends, depends what's on. going on. Sometimes <laughs> it gets water flung at it from a yeah, distance. Yeah. Sometimes it gets a good soak. It really depends, but um, it's those easy care plants, though the ones that are happy with a little yeah. bit of neglect. Yeah, I mean, the, when moving on to this Hoya Carnosa, so yeah. is that crimson, crimson queen? queen yeah. yeah, which is one of my well oldest house plants. <laughs> um, I mean, that I just think if you want a beginner Hoya, that yeah. is just an absolute dream. It's yeah, such absolutely. a good plant, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it's a really nice one, and, and they love being pot bound as well, which means yeah. that you don't have to repot every year. So yeah, exactly. Um, and I love a plant that doesn't need repotting yes, all the time. I agree. With you. <laughs> sure, you're the same. You must be spending so much time potting stuff <laughs> up. Yeah, potting, and repotting, and cutting. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, 
So that's one thing about um, having a pesticide-free nursery at this stage. You know, I do have slugs in here every now mm-hmm. and again that will come in overnight and demolish everything. Oh, well, not everything, yeah, but, but they'll demolish yeah. the patch. Um, it feels like everything at yeah, the time. It absolutely it's devastating. You know, they go over your lettuces at home and oh. then you're like, oh, no. Um, but yeah. that's part and parcel of doing it the way that I do it. So, yeah. um, and in and I quite kind of like it. I'm like, oh, yeah. well-fed slug, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's part of, you know, if we didn't have slugs, we'd be like knee-deep in rotting, a- non-rotting things, wouldn't we? So, you know, they're, they're they serving a very purpose. good... purpose. They do, they really do. And I think we're gradually learning that, aren't we? The only thing that I that I think I fail to struggle to see a purpose for is fungus gnats. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know so, you've got your sticky traps up here. That must be a struggle yes, to keep on top of that. Yes, are a nightmare. Mm. But what I will say is, well, the majority of this um, nursery is very tolerable to them. Mm-hmm. They don't do, well, they don't do much damage anyway, bar the gnats, uh, the larvae underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, I spread nematodes throughout the greenhouse when I have a huge problem with them. Um, I remember my first year, and because I wasn't as knowledgeable as I am now, I really struggled with them mm. um, to the point where I was like, I can't send these plants out because they're mm. they're covered in fungus gnats. And then now, you know, the, sti- the yellow sticky traps, um, which are great, um, and then the nematodes kind of keep on top of things. And then I do spray um, with neem oil and washing up liquid um, for any uh, pesticide-free growers at home. That's a great way of like, you know, keeping things at bay. Yeah, um, yeah. The washing up liquid, even without the neem, the washing up liquid on its own with water in a spray bottle is a great way of keeping pests in check. So, I think people worry too much about fungus gnats, though, because yeah. I mean, I, I think it's that thing of yeah, it's a, it's not actually doing that much damage. It's just annoying you, and they are annoying, and they, but they don't. They look unsightly, don't they? Yeah, the I think it, that's yeah. the problem for people. But really, there could be a lot worse things to be. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Suffering from. Yeah, but I think. And also, we waste a lot of time with kind of home remedies that don't really work Definitely. on fungus gnats. And I'm always try, trying to educate people about, as you say, the nematodes yeah. are just such a good solution. Oh, they um, really are. They're, they're doing the job for you. So. I mean, but just bottom watering or putting some cinnamon on the top is not going to yeah, do yeah, enough yeah, yeah, to yeah. solve it your really problem. Not. <laughs> um, you need the nematodes. You really do. Yeah. Um, but I guess, as I say, if you if you bring living beings living things into your house we're going to expect other living things to yeah they yeah. come with other living fit things and exactly. i love that though yeah. I, I i almost love the fact that you know if at home i've ever had a mealybug i'm like oh well that means i'm not <laughs> yeah. chemically feeding my plant so that it's it can't a mealybug can't survive there. Mm. Don't get me wrong, I don't want mealybugs at my, no. in my house. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And they're a, they're a part of life. They're a part of houseplant life. You know, you know these big nurseries will have pests in them because if you go down the route of biological controls, there's always going to be a base level of pests. Well, aren't for there? biological control to work, you have to. Yeah, you got <laughs> exactly. The biological control doesn't survive. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly, um, exactly. Yeah, it's just keeping on top of it, and it's and it's management. Always yeah. management. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, and having a management scheme scheme. <laughs> in your own house as well to keep on top of things mm-hmm. is a great way of 
keeping them at bay and reducing them. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. And you will find that this time of the year as well, because it's warmer now, more pests are present. Mm. I don't see any in the winter. No, no, they, <laughs> they do have a life cycle, don't they? They don't yeah, necessarily uh, come around all year, all year long. Yeah. Um, well, it's um. So yeah. Lots of growing, and I will at some stage have lots and lots more plants in here. So, um, yeah, it's all a, it's fun. I love it. Well, I mean, sitting at a computer all day, yeah. how boring would that be? I mean, I know that's boring because I do that most of my time. But I guess it's one of those things where it's balanced. I'm sure when you've worked like a 12-hour day and you've been, you know, scratched up and yeah. uh, cold and oh, hot and tired. <laughs> and tired, it's probably, you probably would quite fancy sitting a computer well, for a few hours. Well, it's the extremes as well in here, like mm. because nothing is automated, you know, I, in the winter, it's cold mm -hmm. and in, and I'm working I'm working in the greenhouse, but it feels like I'm working outside. Mm -hmm. um, and then in the summer, it is hot. Yes. You know, so, yes. and I have the fans in here and the windows and doors are always open in the, in the summer and spring, but it's still hot. So, um, yeah. yeah, it takes its toll sometimes, but it's great. I wouldn't want to do anything else, which is, I never thought I would be able to say that, so. Well, that is fantastic. And yeah. I'm just, I salute you because I love what you're doing and it's really exciting to see that uh, you're making this business work. And funnily enough, a new plant shop entered, uh, opened near me the other day and I was talking to the owner and she said, oh yeah, I'm gonna get some plants from Harriet's Plants. And I was like, well, funnily enough. Funnily enough, yeah, so she sent me, I, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Um, yeah, yeah. so I was, that was really funny because I, without prompting, because I was like, I knew that she had a, a sort of a sustainability brief for her shop anyway. And I was just really glad to hear that I didn't have to tell her about you because she already knew. Well, lots and lots of shops now. Well, lots and lots of people that are opening shops as well. Mm. They have either a horticultural background or they want their plants to be as sustainable as possible so and if they can then offer that to the final consumer then that's great so I'm yeah. having more and more conversations with more and more people now so um, yeah it's phenomenal I think we should all be peat free <laughs> yeah let's get that peat free message out there thank you so much Harriet for chatting to me today thank and, you so um, much for coming I'm it's just yeah I'm just loving this greenhouse and I'll do a little bit of weeding for you as I wander around. Yes, please do. Please <laughs> oh my do. gosh, I can I've see you as you're talking, it. like picking out yeah. little euphorbia seedlings. I mean, I do gosh, it all the time. it's yeah, it's well, it's just instinct, isn't it? Well, it's you're also when you're that. showing somebody around, you also are like, oh gosh, can I get that out? <laughs> oh gosh, I mean, you know, I just, I, I, that's one of the things I, when I've got people coming around, you're like, oh, that needs repotting, yeah, that needs absolutely. doing. But hey, this is reality. This totally. is what it's like running a nursery it's there's always a job there's to do. always a job to do but thank you so much for joining me today harry and thank you um, i will uh, make sure that i direct people to your website in the show notes but just tell me where we can find you online so it's uh, www.harrietsplants.co.uk and it's harriets.plants on instagram so I think I do have a Twitter, but I don't use it. So I don't even know what the fair enough. <laughs> Thank you so much, Harriet. Thank you. Thanks so much to Harriet. Do check the show notes for some images of Harriet in her greenhouse and links to her website and Instagram. That's all for this week's show. I shall be back next Friday. I hope you'll join me then. Bye.
music you heard in this episode was Roll Jordan Roll by The Joy Drops, The Road We Used to Travel When We Were Young by Kumiku, and Love Wins by Lee Rosevear. The ad music was Dill Pickles by the Heftone Banjo Orchestra. All tracks are licensed under Creative Commons. Visit the show notes for details.